Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, yoga. Hey, Steffi. Hi, Megan. What is up this week? Uh, not a whole lot. We got out of town this past weekend for the 4th of July and spent the weekend with our daughter's birth family. That was super, super fun to get to spend some time with them. And even though we were, you know, at an Airbnb and weren't like out and about doing things because COVID, um, mm-hmm. it was nice to be in a house that wasn't our normal house. So little, little change of scenery. So... That was that was nice. Um, so nice. It was it was really lovely. It was hotter in hell because you know we're in the Midwest, um, and it was the Fourth of July. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was a really nice weekend of just kind of doing nothing together. How was uh, how was your weekend and your Fourth of July holiday? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I mentioned last time that it was my son's birthday, so we. Uh, celebrated with just our family, uh, of course. <laughs> and um, he always gets to have fireworks on the 4th of July for his birthday, which he's always very excited about. And this year we got to watch them from our backyard. Aww. We didn't have to go anywhere. And it was pretty nice. It's so nice. And you had waffles in the morning. We had waffles. Mm. And we had a frozen yogurt cake, which was delicious. Oh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. That yeah. sounds awesome. Um, and then on Sunday, I finished canning my tomatoes. What a productive thing you did. I know. And I reorganized some of my pantry, which I actually, I, re- <laughs> so it's a walk-in pantry mm-hmm. for the listeners at home. And, um, I just reorganized one shelf because I only had one shelf's worth of liner. <laughs> uh, and now that shelf looks amazing and all the other shelves look terrible. So. <laughs> which I said is pretty much how all of my organizing projects go. So uh, um, you're you're just living Steffi life there. Do you have do you have more shelf liner order so you can do it, the rest, or are you going to peter out on this project? It should be here tomorrow. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll work That's, on it over this weekend then. You know, I do love a nice reorganized pantry. That is one of those projects that I love the results of, but. As we talked about in the organizing episode, not always the best at actually doing. So I'm impressed with your one shelf. Even if you feel like it's not fully done, I'm impressed with your one shelf. It's good for now until, uh, you know, other people put the groceries away and then Mm. just kind of shove it in. It's good until the rest of your family starts living their lives in the house. You know, so rude. (laughs) Just keep everything in the bubble. They I just, just have to have so much food in the house right now, too. It's just really... It's a lot of food in the house. You're feeding two growing up. boys. Yes. I gave my son my my shoes. He stole my shoes. And he, they're, like, too small for him now. <sighs> His toes reached the end of the shoes. So I guess yeah. I get them back, but <laughs> now I have to buy That's it. That's kind of depressing. Bigger shoes for him. Big shoes. It Big shoes for the boys. Which also means I have to, like, go to a store to buy shoes. I don't want to go to a store. I don't know about that. I don't don't know about that. I went to Target once. It was nice. I haven't done it since What was that like? 
<laughs> I haven't been to Target. It was it was everything I had been dreaming about and more. I'm not going to lie to you. It was actually, there weren't that many people there. Um, and I don't know if it was just our town or the time of day that I was there, but it, it really was, there weren't hardly any people there. And it was actually sort of like my own private little Target. And it, that was pretty great. But Aww. Yeah, I, uh, I I did enjoy that, but it's like the only store trip that I've taken in months. So yeah, I don't know what stores are like. <laughs> I've gone to the grocery store a few times, but they're always very busy, and it stresses me out too much. Mm, it's definitely yeah, not I enjoyable. Like I send Alex to the grocery store. Yeah, I don't I don't do the grocery store because it is it's too stressful, and you know we're trying to live that low stress life, which really fits in with our topic today. Yeah, um, I have mentioned this a little bit on the podcast before, but yoga is one of the few workouts that I actually enjoy doing and I want to do on a regular basis. Um, and I know that you and I have both been participating in virtual biweekly yoga in the classes um, that are led by one of our coworkers. And they've been a really great way to kind of rejuvenate and reset mid-afternoon, mid-week. Yeah, we actually just had one today. We did. It was great. And we've actually invited that coworker and yoga instructor, Farron Pearson, on to chat with us today about yoga and what instructor training is like and why everyone should try yoga. Welcome, Farron. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good. Good. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, my name is Farron. Um... I am a native of Atlanta. I serve as the people operations specialist for Mediavine, where I am also, as you mentioned, the in-house yoga instructor. So I am a registered yoga instructor. I have been since 2012. And so in my past time, I also teach yoga. So how did you get into doing yoga and what made you want to become a yoga instructor? Because I know that that's not just like a thing that you're like, hey, I think I'll become a yoga instructor one day and boom, the next day you are one. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. Right. Well, I just started to initially, I took some uh, Pilates classes and I really enjoyed the level of stretch and just how great I felt afterwards. And then slowly I started to get a little bit more into yoga and, t- and taking other classes, of course, offered. And one day decided that, you know, I would love to go deeper into my own practice. And that's initially why I became a registered instructor. Um, I don't know if initially I had intention of actually truly teaching Um, But it was just an opportunity to just further dive into something that made me personally feel good. And um, as I did that and completed my certification course, I started to just keep moving forward. And that led me indeed into instruction, both on a personal level. I've done um, prenatal yoga instruction. And um, it's just for me a really enjoyable way to work the body and keep it at its best. What does yoga instructor training look like? Well, um, they're definitely different depending on where you go or where you're looking. But I was trained at a yoga studio called Kashi Atlanta Ashram, and it's in Midtown Atlanta. And again, like I said, there's so many different types and styles of yoga trainings um, as people or 
instructors get deeper into their practice, a lot of people will start to specialize in things. So you can get, like, as I mentioned, prenatal yoga training, you can get restorative yoga training. Um, But I received uh, what's called the 200 hour classical yoga training course. And it's about six months long. And more so work is done over the weekend. It's just intensive weekends of um, yoga instruction from body work to learning about meditation and body chakras and and things of that nature. So it's pretty intense and it's it's nice. Um, You get to really bond with your class. Um, It it, it becomes more of a family as you kind of come to a close because it's a good amount of time. I was gonna say six months together that that's you know spending spending six months of weekends together that definitely may makes you sort of a little family yeah absolutely that's awesome so you know anyone that has done even the most introductory of yoga classes knows that there's a lot of talk of the breath and breathing and breath work in yoga um can you talk to us a little bit about why breath is so important in yoga other than like we need to breathe to live. Right. I mean, it's just a your breath is a life source, obviously, but in so many other ways, it just you're able to um, calm your uh, heart rate when you're breathing with intention. You're able to really focus in on um, inhaling and expanding your belly, bringing in life. Um, and then exhaling intentionally, um, letting go of negative energy, negative, um, you know, breath within you. So it's also just about the activity of using your breath to power through certain movements. As you're exhaling, you're likely to engage your core and contract, contrast your abdominal area, which gives you more power and strength and control while you move through different poses as well. So it it ranges from both a mental uh, level of clarity that you try and gain through breathing intentionally, um, you know, calming the mind as well as a physical one. So when you're moving throughout your practice, you're intentionally using your breath to help you engage different body parts that you naturally wouldn't uh, focus on. Yeah, that's one of the things I've I've always kind of found most interesting as I've done yoga through the years is that all the different ways that the breath is used, you know, like sometimes if you're doing like a deep stretch, you use the breath to like get you deeper into that stretch. Some Sometimes it is to sort of like power you through something really um, challenge, like a really challenging pose or move or whatever. So it, it's always been interesting to see not only the different ways it's used, but also I think, you know, from instructor to instructor, they put different emphasis on aspects of the breath. And so I've always found that to be just kind of interesting. Absolutely. They, it, it, they tie so much into each other, with the movement and the breath. So really being able to um, guide your students throughout different movements and how to utilize the breath in those times is important. Do you find that because of your your yoga training and your yoga practice that it has made you more intentional about like using your breath to like calm yourself even when you're not on the mat? Um, that's so funny that you asked that because I'm not sure that I could say that 
yes so confidently before, but I will say that um, having now now deep into COVID and having started through a quarantine and, you know, my kids were with their dad, I think maybe week three into quarantine and I was by myself and, mm-hmm. um, and I had a panic attack, an anxiety attack, and I had never had one before. And I can be slightly an anxious person. So that's another reason why yoga for me is so great is because it does help me to calm myself, as you mentioned on the mat. But in that moment, it really was one of those moments where I was able to pull from my ability to utilize my breath to calm myself down, to not truly go overboard and, you know, breathe my way through that level of anxiety and panic. So I definitely think that you're able to um, translate and, and really like utilize that that uh, that skill in in ways uh, for overall wellness and, and helping to manage anxiety and things like that. That's awesome. That's a really um, good way of putting it. I think especially I've I have panic attacks sometimes too, and uh, being able to to center yourself when you're having one is really important, and um, just being able to focus to get through it. Yeah, definitely. for sure. Um, so one of the things that, uh, has been a common thread in all of the yoga classes that I have taken is the idea of the mantra. Can you tell us a little bit about mantras and why you feel they're powerful? Yeah. Um, you know, mantra can be anything from an actual, like, uh, wording to just sound in general and essentially whatever you repeat constantly in your head or out loud is, a, is your mantra, whether you know it or not. You can repeat negative mantras, you know, like I can't, I'm unhappy, this will never work, and you'll do and be just that. But if you're able to intentionally repeat like positive words, goals, dreams, speak them, you, you do, I believe, inevitably speak them to life and manifest the things that you want for yourself but it is a matter of the level of energy that you put out there the words that you speak because you know they say it's so cliche that words are powerful but they are once they leave your lips you know they're powerful and if you can be positive in your words positive in your thoughts then you can you know manifest the things that that you're that you want out of life I believe I that's so interesting because I I've always thought of mantras as something like positive that you choose to repeat to yourself. Um, But as you're sitting here saying like, we are always, we are always repeating mantras to ourselves, whether we know we are or not, and whether they're positive or not. Like I have a very loud inner critic. um, And I have to really work to quiet that inner critic and to, to kind of overpower that voice. Um, And so it is interesting to sort of think that that is, that is a mantra, even when I'm not realizing it but that it can be replaced with something positive um that's just that's just an interesting thing that i'm sitting here sort of thinking about as you say that Mm -hmm. Um, and i I do believe that i do believe that 
Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pondering more on this later. Today. <laughs> I'm gonna be like laying awake, like, okay, let's think about this mantra thing now some more. <laughs> I feel like um, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I feel like connecting to mantras, connecting to the breathing, um, and, and you mentioned a little bit meditation when you were talking about um, instructor training. Um, is meditation something that you do a lot in connection with your yoga practice? Um, do you feel like the, those two things, um, you know, benefit from each other and play off of each other? Where, what, what are your, talk to, talk to us about meditation. Um, I definitely think they, uh, play off of each other. I personally don't practice meditation as much as I, it would be nice if I did, but I don't. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I do try to become still as much as possible. And, and in that I, you know, intentionally tell myself to, you know, relax the muscles in my face. And I do so I check into other areas in my body that I might just feel tension in and trying to relax and just be quiet in that moment. But I can't say that I have really mastered being able to like go into deep meditation. Mm -hmm. um, when I do, or when I have been able to get into it, it's typically by a, a level of guided uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just as, as we mentioned, whether it's a mantra or whether, you know, it, it's a continuous um, just wording of positive affirmations and things like that. Um, I don't have anyone that I specifically follow, but if I've ever been able to really check into a meditative state is usually having followed an audio, um, you know, guided meditation. But I think, you know, meditation is, is awesome. It's, it's super important because that's when you're really checking into the like overall mental ability to not, uh, where, like you said, you quiet yourself, you can stop mm -hmm. the, the noise in your mind. You can stop the things that, you know, make you a bit crazy. And so, and that, you know, affects not only your uh, mental, but your physical too. So a lot of times people come out of meditative states and feel like really their body physically feels more relaxed too. So yeah. I definitely would like to personally get a little bit deeper into meditation. And I, and I absolutely believe they go hand in hand, if not, you know, one and the other as much as you possibly can. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I definitely, I feel like Megan and I have talked a little bit about this, um, before, um, I, cause I have the calm app and I've used it a little bit and I don't use it as much as I should. It's one of those things that like I have, I actually have a daily reminder on my phone that pops up and it's like, you check in with your calm app. And I'm like, ah, I'm doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> But I need to listen to it more often because, like, I do think that that is something that would be – because I even just – like, I can feel a difference in my mental state if I've done even just, like, a quick yoga practice in the morning um, before I start work. By, you know, the afternoon, I can tell a difference in my mental state. Um, that doesn't mean that I always – do it. Uh, I just means that I know if I've done it or not. Um, but I feel like meditation would sort of be the same thing that I would be able to tell a difference. Or even when I'm starting to feel frazzled, like doing like a five minute guided meditation would be really valuable. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So 
what makes yoga a good workout? Um, like I know there are a lot of, you know, really intense workout programs out there that do a whole lot of different things, but as, you know, as a workout, what can yoga offer that some of these more intense programs can't? Um, well, as we, we've talked about the level of meditation and breath work involved in yoga, it, it provides that level of um, relaxation when you're really uh, referencing those two parts. But also, you know, I think we're seeing a lot more of the trend of the like flexology centers and the stretch stretchologists and you see all of these new terms of this new style of essentially what yoga provides and that is an ability to stretch the body to align the body to make sure that you're using it um, using your your limbs and to the best of your ability to making making sure that they're strong and you're able to bend and squat and fold well into old age. And, you know, I think a lot of times women, men were so used to and being concentrating on whether it's weight loss or weight gain that you do a lot of weightlifting, you do a lot of cardio, you do this intense, as you mentioned, workout, but you neglect to, you know, stretch. And that can mm -hmm. not only, uh, it's, it, it can hurt you, hurt you because you're not, um, you're too, you'd focus too much on the uh, constricting of the muscle and not the pliability mm -hmm. of the muscle. So, um, you know, yoga is that not only yeah. are we checking in with the mind, but in the body sense, we're really making sure that you're keeping it stretched and moving and keeping movement within the body. And there are some poses that are freaking hard. That takes some real strength. <laughs> Very. So many, like the handstands, headstands, um, balancing poses and postures. It's so mm -hmm. far and deep that you can get into your yoga practice. And um, yeah, it could be really, really challenging. I think a lot of people that have never experienced yoga before, um, once they do, they're surprised to see, you know, the level of strength it requires in some of the, the postures. And even in the ones that don't require a lot, a level of strength, quote unquote, you might, you leave a practice feeling like, wow, okay, that was a little intense. I, I felt yeah. those muscles work, you know, and that's the goal. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was on the class you led like two weeks ago but we got done and I messaged one of our other coworkers and I was like I think Farron was trying to kill me with one of those poses <laughs> I was like oh my gosh my legs were quaking <laughs> oh it's the it was our little um half forward fold with the curtsy <laughs> yes yeah. oh my gosh Megan you missed that one but I was I was like oh, oh my buns okay <laughs> Try to try something different, you know. Yeah, throw a little sure. power yoga in there. Because you you do a lot of like very gentle poses, and then you snuck that one in. And I was like, oh, my buns are on fire! Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So that brings up a good point about if someone has never done yoga before, like how do you recommend they even start? They can't just dive right in. Um. Well, you know, honestly, you can. I think yeah. You, you, as crazy and as it may sound, but just like a really quick beginner yoga search on Google, you will find so many amazing options from like 30 to 45 minutes long. And 
Um, you know, I even still just might randomly do a Google search of a beginner yoga class or a 30 yeah. minute restorative yoga class because I know that I want to work on, you know, really opening my hips and just um, things like that. So, you know, just a quick search is good or there's good apps that, you know, you can become members of like Mind and Body has a yoga for beginners. It's a really good um, app that you can download. And of course, you have really detailed um sessions you know ranging in time uh that each student can take and do you know it is somewhere i think i think it's not as difficult as people may think and there and then yoga is definitely for everyone there's so many as i mentioned so many different styles outside of you know styles like i said prenatal and restorative but they're in 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 fashion as well as like um you know, there's there's a yoga called booty yoga, which, which is more of like a tribal African dance yoga. There's power yoga, where you are dealing more about strength and, you know, uh, repetition. And then you're dealing with gentle yoga, where it is more about the breath and movement. So there's so many different styles that it's not necessarily where people have to sit and and chant you know it doesn't have to be where you're just doing a chant and it's intimidating it can be fun and it can be lively and and things like that as well you one know i think thing, oh. oh go ahead <laughs> <laughs> um i was gonna say one of the things that i have found that makes yoga a little bit more difficult for me having not practiced it as much as um Steffi has is that a lot of the time i don't necessarily know what the move is or what we're supposed to be doing um in in a class and so i'm spending a lot of the time trying to figure out what the instructor is doing and that takes me out of the moment and i feel like i'm not benefiting as much from what i feel like i should be getting out of yoga because i i have to focus on what i'm doing more than being in it right i mean i think in a class, of course, there is a level of uh, focus that you want to be following. But as I, I believe that as long as you're still trying to breathe and intentionally breathe through every movement, you're going to still somehow stay um, within that that moment. But also um, my hope as far as as an instructor personally, I hope that my words you can listen to my words more so than having to look at me and remind yourself that yoga is just is your own practice. So, you know, you, you kind of go with what feels right. And, you know, you may look up and it, it might be a little bit different and then you can adjust and you can modify. But um, it's not perfect and definitely not uh, wanting to be in a class trying to compare or keep up or mm-hmm. be, you know, on someone else's level because that's not what it's about either. That I think is one of my favorite things about yoga because I've done, you know, a number of other types of workouts and I've done, you know, boot camp style, you know, classes and there's like this level of even if it's sort of this like unspoken competition of like, okay, I see everybody around me is, oh, they're picking up a heavy weight and oh, they're going to think I'm a weenie if I don't pick up a heavy weight. <laughs> and whereas like when you're on your mat, even if even when I've been in a, like an in-person class that's, you know, full of, you know, maybe 20 people, um, it is still so much about like meeting yourself where you are at. And if you aren't going as deep into a stretch, that's okay. Or if you have to modify a pose, that's okay. And for some reason that like my 
competitive brain like is just shuts off and it's like okay we're gonna do what we can do and some days we can do more than other days and like that's totally okay and it's just one of my favorite things because there's so much grace for yourself and your body from day to day or even like one side of your body versus the other that I feel like you don't get in so many other workouts Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, it's important to, to remember that it is your own practice and where, meet yourself where you are at. Because when you don't and you are sitting there worried about someone else, that's how people get hurt. You know, that's how mm-hmm. people try to do more than they should or get a little too deep in a posture. And you can injure yourself in yoga. Um, so it is important, like you said, not to have that competitive spirit and to really just kind of um, release into your own um, energy so that you can maintain your own practice in that moment versus anyone else. I was watching a friend's Instagram stories a couple weeks ago, and she she's a member of the adoption community along with me, and there was some stuff going on um, that was sort of a, a big buzz in the adoption community at that time. And she hopped on and she was like, I just left this yoga class. And she was like, I was listening to my instructor talk about how there's a difference between like something that's uh, when a pose is uncomfortable and like leaning into something that is like challenges us versus something that's painful. And and I, I just I feel like yoga is full of so many of those types of moments where you're like, this is a bigger life lesson than just something here on the mat. But, um, you know, we, sort of determining what's the difference bet- that there is a difference between this hurts and this is painful and this, you know, is not good for me versus this is challenging And I can lean into something that's a little uncomfortable and might challenge me, but can make me better and stronger overall. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. That actually brings up a good point about, um, not a point, but a question, I guess, is that I, I know plenty of people who are like, I just can't do yoga. I just, I just can't. Do you, do you think that's, is a thing or it's more of a mindset to be able to like bring yourself to that point of just trying it? Um, I would hope that people will be open-minded to just try it. And I think most people that do are able to kind of see the benefit, but as much as I like to believe that yoga is for everyone, maybe it's not. And that's okay. You know, again, Mm -hmm. I think that's why there's so many different other forms of stretching that's becoming mainstream. People feel Mm -hmm. a little bit more, open to like going to a flexology uh, seminar versus a yoga seminar, just maybe with the, uh, you know, connection to the spiritual form of what yoga is versus something that's just strictly uh, physical. Um, But I think because like I said, there's so many different types of yoga, it could be for everyone because it doesn't have to be this slow paced, quiet, you know, practice. It could be something fun. It can be something movement, like dancing, something with rhythm. It can, it can be so many different things that I do believe most people can benefit and, well, everyone of course can benefit, but most people would enjoy um, yoga. So one last, just for fun question, what is your favorite yoga pose? My favorite, and I'm boring, but I like down facing downward dog, honestly. Um, 
I just feel like you get so such a good stretch and um as intense as it is for beginners i believe some beginners really feel like oh my goodness i can't stay in this pose very long it's actually supposed to be a resting pose once you kind of connect to each and every muscle and engaging it you can rest into it ideally for an extended amount of time um so i enjoyed i enjoyed the down dog <laughs> i remember my very first vinyasa class I ever went to and i thought i was gonna die and every time they were like, and we're going to go into our resting pose of downward dog. I was like, you are full of shit, friends. <laughs> like, this is not a resting pose. And now I'm like, oh, yes, let's go do a rest and downward dog. I'm like, I'm that person that I hated 10 years ago. Because <laughs> it is when you're beginning, you're like, how is this restful? <laughs> And then after you sort of like build up all of your, your, you just sort of build up all of the things, you're like, oh yeah, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Thank you so much, Farron, for joining us and sharing your love for yoga with us today. Since yoga is so much about love and light, talking about joy is only fitting. So, Steffi, what is bringing you joy this week? Uh, Hamilton on Disney+. Yes. <laughs> I've watched it twice so far. I'm shocked I haven't watched it more times than that. Um, but, yeah. It's a time commitment. It is. It is. It is. It is very long. It is a time commitment. And, you know, I've got an infant at home that I, I suppose I should be spending time with uh, besides just watching Hamilton. <laughs> but I... <laughs> And I, I was telling, I was telling uh, our team on Monday morning, we all hopped online that because we spent the weekend with Eden's birth family and her sister is in the prime, like Daniel Tiger watching age demographic. I was introduced to Daniel Tiger this weekend. And when I woke up on Monday morning, I had a very strange combination of songs from Hamilton becoming mashups with songs from Daniel Tiger in my mind. It was a very, very strange experience. Um, but yeah, Hamilton is, that was, that was great. I'm very, very happy that we can watch that online now. Yes. I'm so, excited to watch it with the, with the captions on. <laughs> I gotta get every word. Yeah. I actually thought about turning the closed captioning on for my second watch, but I was watching on the slightly smaller TV and I was like, I don't want to have to strain my eyes. I'll wait until I'm watching it on the big TV again. So (laughs) Farron, how about you? Um, well, last week I closed on my own home. So I am a new homeowner. So this week I am getting joy by collaborating with contractors that are currently in my home and preparing it for my family to move in within the next 10 days. So I'm oh very my excited. Gosh. That's so exciting. It is really exciting. I mean, actually, like the actual act of moving is yeah. not kind of very, terrible, but... <laughs> it, is pretty, it is pretty horrible, but that is so exciting to like have your own place and you can do whatever you want with it. 
so excited. Yes, it's going to be so creative. I'm just, I can't wait. I can't. That's amazing. What a good feeling. Yes, yes. So the next time we shoot, most likely it will be in my new home. So you'll have a little bit of a different background. Oh, I'm excited for you. Megan, how about you? Well, so last week we talked about TV mm-hmm. for like a long time. Yes. <laughs> we neglected to mention a show that was coming out that I was very excited about. And I watched all of it already. I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. It's the Babysitter's Club I show. knew it! <laughs> it is so good! It's really good. Um, it's basically everything that I have ever wanted out of a Babysitter's Club show. Because they That's did awesome. it before. They did like, I don't know. I can't remember if it was like a movie or after school special kind of episodes or whatever it was back mm-hmm. in the 90s. And they were fine. Um, but they updated them for today's times. And they uh, they made the characters a little bit more multicultural. And they address a lot of really interesting issues of the day. And it's just so wonderful. And a really, really great show for middle school girls to be watching to have really good role models. I love and that. It just warms my heart. I just, I knew that was going to be what you were going to say. As soon as <laughs> I was like, what's bringing me joy? Hamilton's bringing me joy. I bet that Megan's going to say Babysitter's Club. <laughs> it's so good. It's perfect. Like, I know that I'm too old for the age demographic now, but it was my life when I was, you know, in sixth grade, so. Yeah, like... I mean, te- okay, so like technically you're too old, but also there it is, it, in a way it is like targeted exactly at your age because True. that you're right. Like you were like, that was, that was you and your like middle school yeah. life. So yeah. it's, it's like targeting like today's middle schoolers, but also, you know, those, those of you in your, your late thirties. Yeah. And the so. kids are like pretty good actors like bringing the characters to life they're not like it's not like a sitcom where everything is super cheesy sure they're just like middle school girls i mean it's got mark know. evan jackson in it for christ's sake like That's true you can't go wrong if mark evan jackson he's a it. good dad <laughs> i love him so much i i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i'm probably gonna start it tonight I'm oh and excited. A- alicia silverstone is christy's mom so <gasps> look at all great love it (laughs) it's really worth it there's only 10 episodes but it's great love it i'm i it is on my to watch list i'm gonna i'm gonna start it tonight and you know i'll be texting you the whole time (laughs) so you know how we love to eat and next week we're gonna dive deeper into a topic that we have touched on briefly before meal planning Whether you're a meal planning whiz or need some major help in that area, join us right back here as we talk about why and how we meal plan. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay In Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon.